0: Hey, everybody, it's Father Edward Looney, the host of How They Love Mary, and I'm honored by how many people listen to this podcast each and every week. I keep making this podcast for you, for the listeners. I'd like to invite you to a very special opportunity to become a part of the How They Love Mary community through Patreon. You can find it at patreon.com slash howtheylovemary. And in exchange, there are two different tiers and there's going to be bonus content, two additional videos each month, and the opportunity to pose a question that I will ask to the guest. I hope that you will help support this podcast, How They Love Mary, through the Patreon. With your support, I'll be able to upgrade my equipment. With your support, I'll be able to pay for the monthly web hosting and not out of my own pocket. With your support, I will be able to hire a graphic designer to make images so that this podcast may be better known. Thanks for listening. And now, on with the show for today. Hello, my name is father edward looney and you are listening to the podcast how they love mary a podcast that i hope will either be the beginning or the deepening of your marian devotion i have two things on my mind today the first is just this past sunday we heard in the gospel about the talents that the master gave to the servants and of course the talents are a monetary measurement but also i think that we can look at how god invests in each one of us as created people and to see the talents that he has given us and how he wants us to use our gifts to the best of our ability that's the first thing on my mind the talents and secondly uh just the other day i was talking to a family and one of their kids and apparently i learned that amazon has a christmas book and maybe you've got one in the mail for your kids and so Uh, The kids went through the book, I'm told, and they circled uh, the different things that they were interested in. For us in Wisconsin, at least, this was like the Mills Fleet Farm uh, toy catalog that you would receive in your mailbox. So now Amazon kind of bringing back other marketing trends. And anyways, uh, one of the things that this young boy wanted was he wanted a Lego set. And he wanted a Lego set for a car. And not any car, but some sort of car that actually incorporated his name into it. So Legos of course are a fun gift to give to young people for Christmas. Parents give the gifts of Legos and parents might get annoyed by Legos when they step on them for example and then have their foot hurt because of it. Today we're going to be speaking with John Kramer and John builds Legos. He builds churches with Legos. He has a project called the Lego Church Project that he has been doing for 21 years, building church replicas and putting them out on display, sharing about them on social media. And today we're going to talk to John about those Legos because, of course, everybody is going to be getting Legos for Christmas and they're going to be doing their creative imagination and He's very creative in all of this and what he does, and so I welcome to the show, How They Love Mary, John Kramer. Thank you for having me. Well, John, as I look at your social media presence, I, I became aware of you actually because you followed me on Twitter, and sometimes when I put out a call for guests, uh, you, you've always come up. People have recommended you, and... And so I'm finally happy to get you on the show to talk about the Legos and the Lego Church Project. And on your Facebook page, you describe the Lego Church Project in this way. The Lego Church Project is an annual tradition in which John Kramer builds a massive Catholic parish out of Lego brand building blocks. Each season's build starts around February or March and lasts for about two months. During the rest of the season, it's taken on the road to various locations for displays. At the end of the season, it's torn down and the cycle starts over. The mission of the LEGO Church Project is twofold. First, that even if you have a disability or challenge, that God will use your talents in amazing and creative ways. Go back to the very first thing on my mind today, talents. So that even if you are disabled or challenged, God will use your talents. And secondly, that our parish communities are the backbone of our faith, that the celebration of the Mass is one of the most important parts of what it means to be Catholic. So this is your mission. This is what gives purpose to your Lego building, uh, to all of this that begins, as you said, in February, gets torn down at the end of the year, and maybe the very first thing. How did Legos ever become a part of your life? What's the fascination with Legos?
1: Uh started when I was younger. My uh, one of the first toys I ever really got was Legos, and as I got older, I started getting more creative in terms of how I was building things. I'd have these friends who'd build these large spaceships. I couldn't do that to save my life. (laughs) But also, too, I also had the backbone of the church. Uh, Church was a very big part of growing up. Uh, You didn't miss mass on this. You were very sick. Uh, You took part in things, whether uh, as an altar server or uh, singing or whatnot. You always had a role within the church. And that's kind of how it kind of merged together to me taking
0: my talents and exploring the faith through the Legos. So when it comes to the Legos then, 21 years ago, you started building these churches that are replicas maybe, or even just from your creative genius. And I'm sure that over time, they've gone from being small to getting larger and larger. So what inspired you to design the churches?
1: Well, what it boils down to is my love of the faith. I believe that our parish communities are core of who we are and it's a reflection of what I saw growing up. The churches always being full, uh, the people always being together. Uh, The project itself actually didn't really start to take shape. I always been doing this when I was a kid. But as I got older, I did my first public display in Flushing, Michigan, at uh, Mount Zion uh, Parish, and from there things kind of took off. When I started doing the uh, Christ the Good Shepherd display back in 2003, that kind of took me up to where I started doing more displays than I ever did before. And now I, under normal circumstances, I usually run about four displays a year, which is pretty good for uh, a scale of this or project of this scale.
0: When you transport it to the parishes, how do you make sure it doesn't fall apart?
1: Very carefully. It actually sits on a plywood base that's just a little bit bigger than the project itself. And then it's also screwed to the uh, board uh, at a couple different points to prevent it from shifting while you're driving. Uh, But it takes about two people to move. It's about 40 pounds, give or take.
0: Wow. And how do you come up with the design for each of the churches that you build then?
1: I never know what I
0: will actually build
1: until I sit down with the bricks. I may, at any course of time, may have a thousand and one ideas going through my head, uh, but it really won't know. I really won't know what's going on until I actually start getting the grid out, start working things out piece by piece, and figure out the kind of story that needs to be told.
0: Now, have you ever tried to build a replica of a church or these are all creative genius pieces of your own imagination? They're mainly out of my own imagination, but they are inspired by places that I've seen or been to. There are other people that do this kind of work, I think, because I have a strong memory of the Lego Basilica. And there was a story that came out back in August of this past year, August 2020, that John Davison constructed a Lego Basilica, which is made in the image of the National Basilica out there in Washington, D.C., which longtime listeners of How They Love Mary know that many of our guests when asked the question is there a Marian shrine that made an impression upon you many of them say the national shrine so have you ever been in contact with other people in this creative world in which you live and in which you constructed
1: Not really. Uh, I've talked to people here and there, kind of hit and miss, but nothing consistent. I have seen the uh, image that you were talking about uh, and thought the uh, person did an amazing job uh, building a replica. Uh, Trying to convert something that is real into a Lego form creates a lot of interesting challenges, and some people can do a very good job on that. I've always been kind of content to do my own thing. Uh, but mainly because I'm inspired by what I see.
0: Now, can you tell me, how do you go about buying these Legos? Like, do you go to some Lego website and you say, okay, I need a bag of red Legos and white Legos and blue Legos? Or, like, do you buy kits? Or, I'm so out of this world that I don't even know anything about even acquiring Legos, for that matter.
1: Well, about many years ago, a website came on the line called BrickLink. Uh, which was just recently acquired by Lego Group, actually, uh, and they are a third-party marketplace. Think of a giant swap meet for Lego builders. You can find just about any kind of part that you want in the amounts that you want. And I will—I can spend easily spend an hour trying to fill an order uh, of looking for different pieces. I'll usually start off with a seed piece that I absolutely have to have, and then build order around that uh i usually i'll usually buy a lot of like a lot of translucent pieces a lot of specialty pieces that you can't really get in the lego sets themselves
0: you say that that you take these on the road you show them at you know a few different parishes every now and again and what is the reception of the people that look at them how do they receive it and uh what what are the comments that they give you
1: they are always amazed by the sheer size of the project what a lot of people don't fully realize from the photos is that we're talking a project that is almost 50 inches long and almost 25 inches wide. and this So this thing takes up like a kitchen table. So you've got the people that react to the overall size of it. Then they start looking inside and seeing all the details, all the pews, all the people. And that's usually one of the first comments that I get is the church is full of people. And that that was a striking comment to me because of the way that we see the church attendance these days. Uh, It's very rare for me these days to see a full parish, and it's kind of uh, heartbreaking.
0: You know, one of the common features of churches, of course, is that they'll have a Mary statue, a St. Joseph statue. They'll have their votive candle area. Now, of course, you're building the exterior. We see the exterior. Do people see the interior of the Lego church that you've built? And then, if so... Do you have images of Mary and Joseph and the Saints?
1: I try and keep it as realistic as I can. I do have some stuff. I actually have a statue this year uh, that a company donated, a small little statue of Mary that's inside this year, and I'll be including that one uh, from now on uh, in future seasons uh, because people really didn't have a chance to see it this year, unfortunately. So uh, but I try and include as many details as I can. Sometimes there are things that are a little bit more trickier to do just because of the way the Legos are and trying to find items that will fit uh, inside that
0: frame. I'm imagining that as you build these churches, that it's kind of a spiritual experience for you. And maybe it's even an opportunity for prayer to pray for the church, to pray for one another, to pray for, you know, your own parish and all those um, significant intentions really associated with our Catholic Church, uh, would that be a fair assessment?
1: Extremely fair. The project is a prayer, a physical prayer, because there's a lot that's always going on, whether it be situations in our world, situations in our own parishes. Uh, I highlight the attendance issue. I highlight sometimes the stress that we have. Uh, so yeah, there's there's a lot of prayer involved in it. Uh, I take a lot of intentions with me in my heart as I'm building it. Uh, I could spend countless hours working on it
0: in a typical day. And so for me, that really is a way... Well, it's kind of like an iconographer who is... They're painting, or as they would say, they are writing the image of their icon, and so they're praying as they do that, and so that's really what you are experiencing as you go through this process. Now, one of the things, too, that I heard of a few years ago is actually, there's like a Lego mass set or something like that from uh, somewhere, I think it's called like the Father Leopold mass set. Is that something you're familiar with?
1: I am very familiar with it. In fact, the company that made that, I put a request out to see how much it would cost just to get the custom pieces, because they do add a bit more realism to the to the uh, project. And they actually sent it to me. I got this package in the mail a couple days, about a couple weeks later, with all the custom pieces for it, and I use that inside the project.
0: Well, that's great, and that, of course, as you mentioned earlier, gives the realistic uh, feeling of the lego church so if someone wants to look inside the church of course there's probably a roof so how are they able to see the interior
1: well you've got the windows on the side obviously i try as much as churches have stained glass and i love stained glass to no end it's not always practical for people to want to be able to see all the details but also too the part of the roof actually is consisted of these tiles that can come off and then I'll and when I'm doing a display I'll actually remove a few of them so people can actually look through this through the roof and see to the floor below and I've got all kinds of stuff in there I've got like over 200 figures sitting inside there statues photos sometimes just all kinds of interesting little details people's attention uh, both the young and the old
0: now one of the things going back to the very beginning of our conversation today is that one of your missions is to show that even if you have a disability or challenge, that God will use your talents in amazing and creative ways. And so what does that statement mean to you? Or as you say, that's your mission. What are you trying to communicate to the people that happen upon the Lego Church Project?
1: I'm trying to show that no matter what you face, God can still use your talents. I have a mild form of cerebral palsy. So I have certain limitations within that uh, condition. And I'm showing that no matter what happens, God is still with us. God is still an important part of our existence and that that we're not limited by our disabilities and that we can still do something amazing with our lives.
0: Well, that's great and you know I think that's a a beautiful statement a beautiful witness that you are giving uh, to the church and that you're giving to people on social media on Facebook on Twitter where I happened upon you and that speaks volumes that that uh, that each of us has been given a gift from God we discern what that gift is and then we use that gift and here you are giving a visible expression of that uh, gift that God has given to you Yeah.
1: It's been a very important part of who I am
0: to to be able to
1: share my story with others. Well,
0: that's great. And I'm so happy that we were able to talk and to unpack this Lego project because (laughs) maybe it's going to inspire someone out there to say, hey, maybe I could build a little church. And they're gonna get out their Legos and they're gonna try to design it. I can barely make a gingerbread house, let alone uh, building a Lego church. So uh, I'll leave that to the artists. And you know, you could almost be a Lego architect with all the work that you've done. You should have a certificate or something in this.
1: <laughs> well, it's kind of funny you talk about being about inspiring people. There was a within the last couple of months or so. I had posted some photos, and uh, a parent had contacted me, saying that their kids had
0: seen the photos,
1: and we're actually going to try and
0: build a church of their own. That's great, and so and that's how God is using you. Again, go back to that first point of your mission statement. God is inspiring others through you, despite a disability that you have, and so He's working in you, and through you, and with you uh, in this project.
1: Yeah, and stuff like that that I love. I love it when people share with me their stories uh, of what's going on in their world. How have I inspired people? And that's always important to me because that kind of helps me out. Uh, It keeps me humble before God above all else. And it, it reminds me of the good work that I'm doing.
0: That's great. Well, we give thanks to God that you said yes when he inspired you to do this 21 years ago. And you, see, you think you'll be doing this for the foreseeable future?
1: Oh, yeah. As long as God allows me.
0: Well, that's great. Now, uh, you know, one of the things, John, that I do with every guest here on How They Love Mary is to build a Marian profile just to ask some questions about the Blessed Mother and um, hopefully uh, we'll be able to build that profile with you right now. So, yeah, uh, you know, Mary is a woman of many names. Uh, is there a title of the Blessed Mother that you really kind of have a strong liking for or devotion?
1: I don't because I think all of them are kind of interesting. All the names
0: are neat to me. So it's kind of hard just to pick one. Sure, most definitely. And, you know, there's lots of Marian sacramentals. We wear sacramentals. We carry them with us. Is there a Marian sacramental that you make use of? The rosary. The rosary. And do you carry that in your pocket?
1: I do sometimes. Okay. Or I have a, a medallion uh, uh, that has the uh, decad on it that I carry with my uh, in my wallet at, at all
0: times. Sure. Okay. And, you know, when it comes to the rosary, many people struggled to pray the rosary, uh, they find it distracting or they find that you know they don't know if they're really engaging the prayer is there anything that you've done to pray the rosary that might help someone else I think it just
1: comes to the understanding that that God hears our prayers and our blessed mother understands where we're at when we're doing the rosary we may not always do it perfectly but it's more it's more of what's in our heart what is our intention uh, I've made it certainly more important in my prayer life, and I find it very rewarding when I do. Uh, I have found that it can cut through some of the anxiety that we're facing, especially in this current age.
0: Now, there are lots of other Marian prayers, like the Memorari or the Magnificat, or other prayers, too, that have been written by the saints. Is there a Marian prayer that you pray or beside the rosary, one that you might have recourse to? Uh, I will
1: sometimes, unfortunately I can't pronounce it, the Flying Novena, so to speak. I've, I've done that one
0: quite a few times. Sure, yeah, that's the memorari, and that's uh, memorari. Remember, O Most Gracious Virgin Mary, right? And so, yeah. uh, that's the Mother Teresa Novena, and I think you pray it nine times, and then you pray yes. a tenth one in Thanksgiving.
1: So I've done that quite a few times, and I've seen what that one can do.
0: Now, there are lots of different Marian scripture passages where Mary makes an appearance in the scripture pages, and... Are there any words of Mary that she spoke that kind of have significance for you?
1: When she talks to the angel Gabriel and acknowledges what God is going to do for her, I think that that is central to a lot of our
0: faith because without her commitment, we would not be where we're at. Now, there are lots of different Marian apparitions. She's spoken in different to. She has spoken to different people in different places throughout the world and time. Is there any Marian apparition that you're familiar with that really, you know, kind of speaks to you, makes a strong impression on you?
1: I think obviously the one of the most important ones is Fatima. Definitely. That one is always kind of that's one's kind of always struck at me, uh, just because of of the age of the children that were involved and how important their message was.
0: Yeah, definitely. And, you know, the message there, pray the rosary every day for peace in the world and how we need that message of prayer for peace. Now, there are other Marian shrines, and maybe, I I believe you live in Michigan, so maybe you've been to a Marian shrine in Michigan. I can't think of any off the top of my head, but... uh, I
1: actually have not, which is a bit surprising.
0: (laughs) Okay, sure, sure. And so, um, yeah, you know, uh, these places of Marian shrines, they're places of devotion. And so, is there any shrine you've ever heard of that you're like, one day I really hope I can get there?
1: I have not had a chance, at least as far as Michigan, and unfortunately, I don't travel that much. (laughs) So that... Uh, If I want a million dollars this kind of thing
0: (laughs) Oh, yeah, okay lots of people have written books about the Blessed Mother I've written several books about Mary other contemporary people other Saints have is there a book about Mary that you read that you would recommend
1: (sighs) Uh, now, off the top of my head, I'm actually still starting to work on your book, uh, a heart heart like Mary, uh, which I just got not too long ago. So oh,
0: uh, great! Well, you know, it's funny. This is the third episode, I think, almost in a row that someone has mentioned my book, and I promise, <laughs> listeners, these are not paid endorsements of how of of. A heart like Mary's. Uh, uh, actually,
1: it, it was my girlfriend's mom who got it for me.
0: Oh yeah, well that's great. So she, so she probably doesn't even know who I am. And now here you are talking with the author of a heart like Mary. So that's great. So actually, she, I'm
1: getting a kick. I'm getting a kick out of this actually, because <laughs> I've seen you. I see all your posts on Twitter. So it's just kind of, for me, it's kind of a special time to be able to, to talk uh, in this way. But then again, that kind of goes back to the, uh, the sharing of my story kind of thing.
0: Definitely. And, you know, you're called to give witness. And so through my own writing of the books, that's what I've done. I've given witness to how God has worked in my life. And now through this podcast, we're you're able to give witness uh, to how you've responded to God's grace. So uh, in, in such a beautiful way. Now, lastly, in your Marian profile, I always ask for a Marian song. So like when you go to church on uh, on one of those holy days, like Mary, Mother of God or the Immaculate Conception, uh, is there a song that you hope that you will sing you know I I don't have a specific song but once again that goes
1: back to the titles where there's so many songs and so many of them are good
0: that's right if you had to pick one is there one that you hope to hear not off the top of my head unfortunately Sure, sure. yeah some of the (laughs) classics of course are Immaculate Mary or Hail Holy Queen or you know probably you like the bread-and-butter Marian songs so that's great Well, John, if people want to learn more about the Lego Church Project, if they want to learn about how God is using you to build these Lego churches, how can they do that? The best place
1: to find me is on Facebook under Lego Church Project.
0: Wonderful. And uh, there you'll find links to uh, his blog, which recounts many of the things he shares on Facebook. And uh, maybe if you're a Twitter user like I am, you'll go and you'll find him over there on Twitter as well. Well, John, thanks so much for joining me today on this episode of How They Love Mary to share about the Lego Church Project and how we make Mary present uh, through her statue in your little church. So, so wonderful to talk with you today. Thank you so much.